a generation that grew up consuming really, really polished media, they think the bar for creating video content is really, really polished media, when in fact there's something more powerful about it being like not polished, having it be capturing a real moment. And I think that's that's just a, a difference in what you think media is and should be because of how what you grew up watching. Like I can really empathize with an older generation that isn't necessarily video first comfortable putting their face on video because I wasn't. And it took a lot for me to get over that. And it just took literally like doing it. And then you kind of, once you do it a couple of times, you realize nobody really cares. The first couple of times though, you're like, ah, <laughs> like, like overthinking everything. And, but it really doesn't matter. Welcome to Visionary Voices. I'm your host, Ida, and today we have a special guest, Mike Abramowicz, co-founder and CEO of Braid, a new app that's making it effortless to source and create shareworthy clips in minutes. Today, we explore Mike's journey and the innovation behind the Braid app with a focus on how this can help professional service businesses uh, and the people in that industry. Welcome to the podcast, Mike. Hey, thank you very much for having me, Ida. It's great to meet you and for People who don't know, Braided started as a social media app, and Ida was a, a early beta user of that, gave us a lot of product feedback, and that was all about having video conversations sort of asynchronously. So it's really fun to actually do a live recording and not just be talking in our in our app, <laughs> the first product. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. And having had that experience of being a user on Braid, I think I'm going to have some insight into some other questions that I'm going to be asking here that it's not very common as the other questions that you've had. So this is an exciting conversation for me. Okay. So before we dive into the story of Braid, I want to get to know Mike a little bit more. I know you used to be the CTO of a company. Um, it's there on your LinkedIn profile and you've had experience in entrepreneurship as well, but you've also done a lot of fintech. So can you just get our audience a little bit to know more about who Mike is? Yeah, sure. So yeah, my background, I've done a lot of different technology startups, mostly on the technology side. So as the implementer, the CTO, um, out of grad school, I had started a development shop where we partnered with uh, startups, spinouts of larger enterprises, and built the technology in exchange for discounted development fees and equity or revenue share agreements. So that made us partners to about like 10 to 15 different startups. And we got to see a lot about what it takes to actually take an idea to life and then bring that product to market. And also what it takes to be like a founder, have partners, the different kind of pressures along the way and a great learning experience. Um, from there, I worked in finance, built a lot of regulatory systems. And I left there to do another startup where I was CTO. And that was about uh, creating productivity tools for boards of directors. And that we tried to take to market during the COVID lockdowns. That's when we had finished the initial build. And we were trying to create marketing content using like interview style content like this for, for our product. And we were interviewing customers, employees, uh, other key stakeholders. And when we set out to do it, we had a pretty tough time. People like this medium seems easy because it's everywhere, but it's actually really difficult to do uh, like as a, as a small business and do it get the content in the scale necessary you need to fill up your content calendar. And it gave me the idea to kind of create this sort of conversational dialogue as something that can take place over time where you record a question, people record their responses, and you can kind of construct a dialogue and create 
so social media optimized short form clips from there. So just combining question and response and push it out the door. So that was the where the idea for Braid all came from is kind of trying to create that marketing content. And we've been working on Braid for about two years now. We started as that social media product. Um, when we were live with the social media product, we had a lot of businesses approaching us saying, hey, like, I love this way of creating content. Could we use this for ourselves? Could we use this as an internal content creation tool to get sort of our video content out the door that we're trying to create to feed our social media calendars? And at the same time is when sort of uh, SVB failed, venture capital was having some problems, and we were taking a look at two paths, one to continue with the social media product, or two to kind of take what this market feedback was giving us, change what we were doing, build, build what was being requested of that with with some minor changes. And uh, we just kind of made that decision to shift gears, spent the past, it was a tough summer mm -hmm. making that change, but uh, we've been live with this product for a couple months and uh, people seem to be really enjoying it growing and we're growing again. So sometimes that's what it takes. Yeah. You got to be willing to <laughs> the craft and, uh, and kind of listen to what people are telling you and see where, where the, uh, where the right path is for, for a product and a business. Yeah. Okay. So when this all started, um, one of the members on your team had actually reached out to me when they were sourcing to get a lot of podcast hosts onto the Braid yeah. platform. So, so the idea before was to make it like a continuation for people, for podcasters, for, for having like that ongoing conversation after the podcast type thing. And, and then that changed to being now what? So it, we look at it more from the perspective of like a tool for crowdsourcing content, yeah. right? So when, <clears throat> excuse me, mm -hmm. when we had started as a social media product, the idea was to sort of create asynchronous discussions. And we, we talked to podcasters a lot in that early phase. That was sort of the primary people that gave us feedback because there's no other group that's creating sort of conversational media at that scale. Yeah. So they helped us create a great protocol, a great mechanism for creating sort of video first content doing it over time, uh, using topics. We, when we released what we called open braids at the time, mm -hmm. which was where as a host, you created a prompt and anyone could respond. Yes. That's where the light bulb kind of went off. And that's where businesses started seeing what we were doing and asking for that as sort of a licensed kind of closed product, because what we changed it from being just like, okay, you and me are having a discussion to here's a prompt. I'm going to send it out to whoever I would like, mm -hmm. and then they can respond. And now I can use these responses to combine and create different marketing materials, different internal communications uh, in different ways. And that since we've made that change, the, the amount of use cases is sort of overwhelming. Yeah. The amount of different sort of industries and different ideas of how you can use it has been also almost overwhelming. Yeah. So our big challenge has been trying to focus, pick, see who we're creating the most value for, see who actually benefits the most for this, from this, and trying to kind of be focused and saying, like, hey, you could do this, you could do this, you could also yeah. <laughs> and trying to get focused about who the best, at least first, first target for this product really is. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so cool because I remember being on the, on the platform at the time when we're going from, when you guys were going from the closed braids to the open braids, because I had this experience of being on the platform where somebody could post um, 
somebody would start a braid and it's, oh, I have something to say about that, but I can't actually just go in and say anything about it because I'm not invited to the braid. And so I know at the time when I said, hey, wouldn't it be nice to have the ability to jump into a braid that doesn't that that you were not invited to. And then you said, oh, we were already working on that. So it's a great thing that the community is also asking for that. So it's very interesting to see the feedback that you were getting from the braiders at the time and also seeing the direction that you were taking that into. But now not only that, it opened up the idea for how you wanted to take this in the future. It's just interesting to be able to see the back end of all of that. That's kind of exactly how it happened. And you were... Like, seriously, you and Terry, I think, were one of the, the, the main people asking for that feature. And um, that's, you know, when I build products, that's how I try to do it, is really lead with something, but be very, very flexible. I've, part of what I learned from doing all those other startups is sometimes a founder can be like, this is what it is. Yes. Not listen to what people are saying to them. And then, you know, maybe they're right, but typically you got to listen to what the signals are coming from your users, your customers, everyone else, and be willing to adapt your vision to what is actually going to work. And that first change was, we're not just going to be closed interviews. Okay, we're going to be open. Anyone has the ability to respond to this prompt. And what we saw on the social platform is it lit up, you know, people were engaging, we had these really kind of cool dialogues occurring. And then at the same time, that's where we we got that feedback and it was actually like a real estate company, like a brokerage firm that kind of was the first one that really asked us to make the transition. And they were like, listen, we want our brokers on video. We want them talking about market trends, getting that content captured is really, really difficult for us because they're all over the place. Mm -hmm. So, So for us to do that, we either have to send video crews all over the place or we have to, you know, have them send in recordings from their phone and then we have to combine, like do all this editing and yeah. your product really can streamline that entire workflow and get us the, some incredibly poignant, high quality, authentic marketing content. And that's where uh, we, we were just kind of, we, it, I remember very distinctly when we made the decision to change because it's one of the, it was a big shift for us as a company yeah. and it was like the three kind of, partners at the time sitting in like a hotel lobby having coffee and we were like what do you guys want to do do you want to do this or not yeah and we were just like well could we can we keep the social media product alive and do this and we were like i don't think so because it's like so it's such a different such a different world such a different type of thing to do and it's not like you can just what we learned early with that social product is you can't just like put it out there and expect it to grow Mm -hmm. it takes like a ton ton of effort, ton of marketing effort, ton of money to actually like catalyze it. Yeah. And we were just like, we can either pick, we got to pick a path. Yeah. This one, people are literally asking to pay us to do this. And this one, does- <laughs> yeah, the other one is just another social media platform. <laughs> yeah. Another social media product that like maybe people kind of want. Um, and what, you know, the thing you, you got to go with your gut. And we are feeling like a lot of tension on the other side. Like it just kind of wasn't really working the way we wanted it to. It's mm-hmm. tough to grow the audience and the scale necessary to actually like monetize. And without, there was basically a drought from March to, I would say like July, August for venture funding and tech funding in general. And without that type of money coming in investment capital, we needed to figure out a way to like to bring revenue into the company. Yeah. And if as a social media product, you need, you know, millions of users every day to make 
a little bit of money. (laughs) To get advertisers to to start coming into it, you need (laughs) need to see the movement in the platform. Yeah, so um, we made that change. And then when well, over the summer when Threads had launched and kind of has had its like its arc, yeah. it sort of reaffirmed the, our decision that like, you know, the people generally don't seem like they're clamoring for another social media platform. Yeah. Oh, as, as yeah. Yeah. It's frustrated as you yeah. know Speaking of threads, because when it launched, I, I I was like, okay, what is this? But I think threads got its spike because of the existence already of Instagram. So people just flocked right. into it. But you guys were new to the space trying to, uh, from what I remember, it was going to be like a match between or a merge of like what Twitter does and what TikTok does, like bringing that together in a new platform. But but the people on those two platforms are completely different. But as a podcaster, as a content creator, I could see the benefit of using Braid as what you guys were looking at, but it needed the engagement in it. Yeah. And um, now, it, I mean, it's basically works better the other way. It works better as a tool to create content to feed your, to feed those platforms, to feed TikTok, to feed Twitter, to feed LinkedIn, especially. And that, that's kind of, where we've found success. And what we also found with the social media product is it was like, okay, if you want people to look at this every day, given how crowded media is, you've got to be one of the craziest things on the internet. You just have to every day be so extreme. So otherwise like people aren't going to open the app. And we were like looking at the, because we had all the data, like, okay, what are the ones that people want to engage with? And we're like, you know, I don't necessarily want to be creating this, this thing. That's just like, what's toxic for the day? Let's make sure people are seeing the most toxic issue in the yeah. day and, and clamoring about it. And um, that was also, that also came into this, you know, like we kind of saw what it would take to make it work. And we were like, guys, I don't, I don't know if we want to do this. Mm. Like, I don't, you know, so that there, there was, there was a lot of, a lot of factors that went into it, but um it's working out. I mean, that's what can I say? We we now are actually we feel like people who are using it are getting a lot of value out of it. Yeah, and they're they're enjoying it. They're able to to create content experiences that are valuable to them that were out of reach, that were expensive before, and there's kind of a whole sky's the limit of where we're planning to take it. So this is this is part of it. That's part of being an entrepreneur. So. <laughs> I love it. So so let's go into the use case scenarios because. Um, Personally, I fall into a lot of the categories. I'm a podcaster. I'm an accountant. I'm a coach. And, yeah. and, and I'm a content creator, right? So I'm in all the platforms, like not really all the platforms, but all the use case scenarios in a way for what the vision of Braid is. Uh, so I want to look at it specifically for professional service industries. How can yeah. how can an accountant, a lawyer, uh, a coach, how can people get to use it? How can, how can Braid become an asset to them? So that's... Professional services are where we've found we actually create the most value for people. And that's a lot of it comes out of just the nature of like how you typically make money, how you bring in revenue in a billable cycle, right? Mm-hmm. So any minute that you're not working on client work is a minute you've lost out on revenue. Yeah. But everyone knows they need to be marketing. And in professional services, the people are the product. Yeah. And the best way you can actually demonstrate your expertise is with video. You show who you are. You, If you're talking about something nuanced and niche, your client, your existing clients recognize that you're going to be appearing on people's LinkedIn feeds. You're going to be appearing in people's 
uh, social media feeds, talking about this expertise, putting your face out there, deepening your relationship with existing clients. And then also there's an inherent virality to video that doesn't really exist with other content. And uh, you can create awareness and drum up new business. And the way it typically works for professional services organizations is with Braid, okay, you create a prompt and a link. Mm-hmm. And the prompt, I like that I've got, that's coming from my <laughs> <laughs> And you send that link out to whomever you want to source responses from. And then you can take those responses and combine them into short form video. Or actually, we're working on some other cool stuff, which I can get to later. But basically, for a professional services organization, you would want to have a cadence of kind of thought leadership content internally that you're actually sourcing across the firm or individually mm-hmm. and saying, okay, this is the topic of the week. I'm going to actually put my expertise out there. I'm going to send it out to the, the firm. Four partners are going to give me their responses. They can do it in their own time. They don't have to sit down for a live recording. They don't have to bring in a video production crew. Yeah. Bring in like a video production crew and take away the billable time for that. You're talking like $12,000 for a 30-second video clip. It just doesn't add up. Yeah. And uh, with Braid, we can actually get you the content in the volume necessary to feed social media, which is basically, you know, you've got a day where this thing is active and then it's kind of buried away. But you have to actually be creating it all the time. And where we see a real additional value add is if you can use this as part of your existing workflow. So if you get a question that's coming in from a client, right, Mm -hmm. and you don't necessarily have the answer, you just think it's a great topic or you want to get feedback from other partners in the firm, don't just send an email, send the braid prompt out across the firm, have them respond to it. And you can actually, it's billable, right? They're giving you the feedback you need but then you also now have marketing content you can repurpose. You've got that clip of them demonstrating expertise. So like, hey, tell me about this tra- this tax issue. And then four partners give their take. And then that's amazing marketing content right yeah. there. That's going to make the firm shine better than four people t- showing their intense expertise about a particular topic. And But you've also been able to recycle the billable hour and not just lose it. In, in the creation of marketing content. Wow. That is, that's insane. Just, just saying it and me putting myself back in, in, in my experience being in CPA firms, yeah. it's so on point because often like nobody actually has that time to go and say, oh, nobody wants to go and sit down yeah. and create that video because you're thinking in terms of billable hours, everything's going to be billable hours. But then in responding to a question, which you're going to respond to anyway, typically by email or brainstorm among yourselves, just having that, the thought of it. So you have to be in the mindset of, I want to create marketing content, but I also want to be doing my billable hours to then go ahead and create that content on video. Because somebody could just be like, why don't I just respond by email? But if if you're thinking, oh, let's create content and this is content I can create in the same time, then it becomes an easy an easy add to your existing workflow exactly and and a ton of value from it like you're basically you're you're that's what these organizations do right i mean they're experts in a particular area and how do you actually market that like thought leadership content is sort of everything but Mm -hmm. i think we're and you've worked at these firms they they tend to default to text, right? They tend to push out like blog content, yeah. which I think was okay up until about two or, two or three years ago. Yeah. But now 
everyone's hungry for video, yeah. right? And when I was talking about where we're taking the product, it's we now enable organizations like that to run a video first content strategy. But what we're going to be releasing is the creation of derivative assets. So for every sort of clip that you create, for every response you get, you can construct a carousel of like the person talking and the quotes they say. Oh. So pull out the image post, create an audiogram, like person speaking, wave file, the, the captions. Oh, wow. Scaffold log copy. So basically what you're talking about and all of the text kind of that's Gen AI is really, really great at creating blog text. Mm-hmm. So basically if you're, if you're in the habit of creating prompts, if you're in the habit of creating responses, you're not just going to be able to have video content. You're going to have image content. You're going to have blog content. You're going to have audio content. So basically for one braid prompt that five people have responded to in a firm, you've got your social media marketing, you've got your content calendar mapped out for the next two, three months. It's a really powerful tool. My head's going in. <laughs> like I'm here, but I'm not here. <laughs> I'm thinking no, about yeah. it. You're going to love it. Honestly, for you, it's actually like a really, really great. You're like the, the ideal person. When we when we look at like who is going to get the most value out of that, we look professional services and we ask ourselves, okay, do they do they all currently run a podcast? Because they if they currently run a podcast, then we know they see the value in creating content like this yeah. and like what it actually do for your organization. Yeah. But then they also, and it's not necessarily a podcast replacement, right? Yeah. But they also know they need a ton of content, yeah. right? Yeah, so much constantly and doing it is really, really expensive, really, really time consuming, especially when there's a real opportunity cost for a billable hour. Yeah. And that's kind of. And we also found that nobody is really looking at that segment and saying like, hey, what do you guys really, really need? Yeah. Because most of like content creation tools are geared in media or geared in like the creator space. But these organizations really need this and nobody's kind of looking at it from the lens of. How do you create the outputs that are going to elevate those types of brands and not just kind of a YouTuber, right? Yeah. So that's that's where that's where we're looking at taking things. Oh, that's great. And then I think I heard you talk about the fact that once you've created all of those braids as well, you're able to stitch them all together and still have a long form content from it. That's exactly right. So if you had like 30 people respond, you can just with one click of a button have them all combined into like, you know, a, a 10, 15 minute video where it's like the question and everyone's responses. And then there's a built-in video editor where you can come in, add your brand identity, style it, trim, do all, add background music, B-roll, all of that. Okay. So, uh, yeah. yeah, but that also takes um, some tech, tech skills or mm-hmm. the willingness to learn that. So I think one of the challenges that you might find when you're working with professional services, especially the ones that have not gone into content creation at all, is that now they yeah. need to have somebody on the team who knows those things, or they have to hire somebody to be part of the team to yeah. take care of those things. That's exact. That's a great, great point. And that's where we're really excited about. I mean, I don't want to be the most cliche tech company right now, but that's where we're really excited about what AI can do for people. And do for us, right? So what with like a lot of the AI tooling experiences, especially around content creation, were totally out of reach for us. Like on our product roadmap, we're like, okay, that's going to be a three-year investment. But now a lot of this stuff is just low-hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. And the first, like our first experience with that was creating captions. Yeah. So 
putting captions on video and just generating transcripts. And like when we had talked about doing that, it was just like, seemed like an astronomical lift. And then with some of the AI tooling APIs that are out there, we were able to get it into the product in like two days. So what we're looking at doing, especially for what you said, like a lot of these organizations want this, but don't have a video editor in house or don't want to hire like an intern to do it, or they rely on like a, a media production company if they have the budget, mm-hmm. but then you're kind of getting into that, that threshold where I talked about where it's like, okay, you just spent $12,000 yeah. on a video and then you look on YouTube and you got like 10 views and everyone <laughs> fell off. After minutes, right? I mean, we've all done it as business owners. We've all been like, yeah, let's do this. Um, and then the ROI is not there. So what we're really focused on is right now you have to take all these clips and put them into the editor and then export. But what if you could click a button and then you got the output you wanted, right? Without having to take it into the video editor. What if you could get something that looked professional grade without having to take it to the video editor? And that's where being focused on professional services becomes really important because they're going to want it to look and feel a certain way, yeah. right? They're going to want it to feel elevated. They're going to want the sort of chevrons that appear underneath of who's speaking and and the motion graphics to, to look one way versus how, you know, you would do it for, I, I don't know, the, the Chicago Bulls or something like mm-hmm. that. So that's, that's where we're focused on meeting that exact need. So making, having, not bringing people into a video editor, like we, you can do that. That's what we built first, but have it, allowing them to sidestep that. So like, I just got the output. I just got the clip I need. Okay. Right. And then you do that. And with, I have Again, I'll be the AI guy, but with AI, you can have the prompts sort of generating, right? Mm-hmm. So you can have cadence. So you can kind of say what industry you're in, what you typically talk about. And you could have them going out on a weekly basis automated to like whoever you want, the partners in a firm or... or a, like prompts a, going out automated? Prompts going out automated, responses being collected, and then clips being exported automated and potentially being scheduled and published. All of that being done by AI? All of that being done, well, through automation and AI. So not everything is AI, but like aspects of that are AI. The prompt generation, the actual aspects of the video editing, and then, you know, getting it, getting your social um, media feeds integrated and having it scheduled. That's not really an AI thing. That's just an automation thing. But it's basically taking all of this effort and you're a content creator, you know how much effort it really is just so much time. Yeah. It really is. And if you can put a lot of put a lot of that on autopilot and get great artifacts that are gonna elevate your brand, put your face out there demonstrating expertise repeatedly, it's gonna be a, a big win. Yeah. So as you're talking, I'm thinking about the automation part of things. Uh, is there any plan in the future or is that something you're doing right now or f- for this question I'm going to ask right now? So um, one, of the things that, one of the things that as a content creator you want to be able to do is schedule your content ahead of time. And so for right. uh, a social media platform like, like Instagram and Facebook, if you want to just be local on it, you can use like the Facebook, um, there's a thing within Facebook there where you can schedule content automatically and there's a content calendar integrated in it. You can schedule for months if you want. Um, There are certain other apps, like there's a lot of people that use things like Agoropulse, for example, where you can then schedule your content, you can comment directly, or you can have your team responding and interacting to 
the comments that people are putting on your social media feed because it brings all of that together. Now, thinking about yeah. Braid and the future of it, or maybe the current, is there like a scheduling tool within it? And is That's it possible the- to also post your content directly? So you've sourced everything, you have it within Braid. Are you able to then have that push into the social media platform? So do you have to download and then upload on your social media? Yeah, so that the, the long-term vision is exactly what you're talking about. So basically having it, the calendaring, the scheduling all baked in. So it's sort of a one-stop solution. You're able to kind of do all of this and it's having it all in one place will make it everything kind of streamlined and easier. But um, this path to get there is for, currently you have to download and then upload. Okay. So right now we're working on these social integrations for things like Twitter or X, LinkedIn, <laughs> TikTok, Meta, sort of all these core platforms so that with a click, you could get it exported, right? Mm-hmm. And then once we have that working, then it's the calendaring. So, okay, I've integrated my accounts. I don't want to export it right now or have to click the button. I want to basically take, do the content creation in one shot and have it calendared out for the next two weeks and not have to worry about it. And then once that's in place, it becomes about automating the prompt generation and automating the con- the actual clip creation from that and giving people more better tools to find the better best responses. So like what we've seen too is people using it for testimonial type content mm-hmm. or people just kind of crowdsourcing content from their social media. And if you get like 50 or so responses back from people, how do you go find the best ones, right? Yeah. And at the scale of like a huge enterprise, if you get like a thousand responses, how do you go find the best ones? And that's where, again, like there's some pretty amazing tools we can use with AI to go find sentiment so and search against text. So find me the best ones that spoke about taxes and then just bring those clips to the front. And so you could manually add those to a clip or automatically create a clip that's basically like four responses to that with that particular classification. Yeah. Wow. I see a lot of power yeah. in that. It's, uh, my goodness, it's it's mind-blowing the things that you can do because one of the people that I really follow is Gary Vee and, and he's so big on that everybody should be creating some form of content, right? Because that's where your yeah. market is. So if the people who are listening to his message and of course, success leaves clues. So if he's that successful and he's saying, go do this, then you want to do it. And so it's yeah. I see so much value in that. And looking at the professional services space that a lot, like nobody is really catering specifically to that or that I've seen. So there's, there's yeah. a lot of power in that. I guess now it comes to having your message amplified so that more and more people can get to know about, about Braid. Exactly right. And it's also, you know, Gary V is really good at that because he's Gary V. Yeah. You know, he, Ask me if he feels uncomfortable on video. <laughs> he, he doesn't care. But if you, and there's a, like, if you look at like a law firm, you know, most of these guys don't <laughs> on video. But a lot of that just comes down to like not, not feeling like you're going to embarrass yourself. Right. Yeah. And that's where the, our product is great because you have the prompt. You could do like 10 takes, pick one, send it back. Right. So you, if you, you don't have to worry about like looking like a fool and there's also like kind of a generational thing. Like you've got a younger generation that grew up communicating on Snapchat, grew up communicating on FaceTime, 
grew up like video, they don't even think twice. Yeah. They record, they upload, but they've got an older generation too. I think it's like about 30 is kind of the line. That's just like that basically wasn't like Snapchat native and like grow up putting their face on everything. Yeah. And they're like, the lights go on and they are like, how do you get them? How do you get them comfortable creating this type of content? And that that's where our work, we have tools that like help that. You know, so. <laughs> like, true story um so when braid was still the social media app this i created a braid and i sent it to a client of mine because like when i got to her office i was talking to her about it and so she's like oh i want to try it so i created it and then I, I i gave i brought her in to to give an answer and you know the reason why she never posted she said Ida, when you what? did your thing you look so good and then when i did mine i looked at it and i didn't look good so i was like okay when i do my makeup i'm gonna respond <laughs> And the days yeah. went by and months by and months went by and she never, ever got to respond to it just yeah. because she wasn't comfortable on it. So I see that solving a problem, but I still see it like the whole generational thing. There are people who just don't want to or just don't like how they look on camera. Even if you tell them, no, you look great. Like, forget it. Nobody's noticing you. Everybody's busy doing their own thing. Just give the message. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, it's it's real. I mean, How are you gonna overcome it's, that? It's very, it's, it's, <laughs> I think seriously, like it, it's a very real. It and you can't like obviously this is what I do all day, right? And I talk to people about the product and kind of see this line, and it like there. It's not like an ageist thing. It's a. I think it's just literally how you've grown up interacting with technology and what was native to you in your experience. And it's literally like if you grew up with Snapchat as a primary means of mech, like talking to people in like high school, like you don't care. Like, and you're used to seeing your face back and it being, you know, having some blend. like, it's almost, I, I don't, I don't know how I feel about all of it, but basically they don't, they don't, they don't think like, oh my gosh, I have a pimple. I shouldn't upload this video. Yeah. They just do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you have an older, a, a, a this divide people who didn't grow up with that. And then they're basically like, they're horrified of it. So for us, especially with professional services, like the, the partners, the experts, you know, obviously you want your younger people embracing the, the platform and they're going to like, whenever we pitch this, the young people, they just let their go nuts for it. They're like, Oh, this is awesome. Huge time saver. Totally get it. I'll record nonstop. And they do. And then you get, the older generation that this is still like I there's no there's no way. But that's what the vast but majority of your you corporate clients are gonna be. You have to give them tools. Exactly. No, exactly. You have to give them tools where they feel comfortable. And I think the main the main main thing with that is just like the undo. Like just redo it. Like you don't like the way you look, just redo it. You you don't have to do it live, lights, camera action, like like we're doing right now. Yeah. Okay, let me get back to my desk. Let me put on a light so I'm comfortable with the lighting. Let me close the door so that there's no sound and I'll do a couple takes and I'll pick one. And that's what it takes for that segment to actually feel comfortable doing it. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of it too is, is even not just growing up with like using Snapchat. It's like, what media did you grow up watching? Like I'm like an interesting age where like I grew up kind of watching both, but as when I was younger, everything you watched was produced, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if you watched the news, it was the nightly news and you had a guy who had his hair and makeup done and everything was high, high gloss. Yeah. 
And then nowadays, that doesn't really carry as much clout as some guy recording his phone walking down the street yeah. because it doesn't feel authentic, doesn't feel real. So like for a, a generation that grew up consuming really, really polished media, they think the bar for creating video content is really, really polished media when in fact there's something more powerful about it being off, like not polished. Yeah, authentic. Like it being yeah. captured on the street, raw background music, background noise, even people like interrupting you, like having it be capturing a real moment. And I think that's that's just a, a difference in what you think media is and should be because of how what you grew up watching, really. Yeah. 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 Well, I think they're going to catch up to it once the discover the true power to it, the true benefit to it, because this older generation, they have a lot of knowledge. and But the younger generation learns by video, they learn by hearing. And the older generation is more about writing. So in order for them to impart that knowledge that they have, I think at some point, maybe now, they're actually going to embrace like, okay, like maybe I don't look good on the first two videos, but at a certain time you get used to it. Like you and me, we, 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 can, yeah. shoot, we can put on the camera and start talking, but the very first video... I, I almost had a panic attack no, doing my first video. I'm the same way. And honestly, like I, I'm not a content creator. So I had this idea and then like was like, oh, that's a good idea. And then I started building this product. And to build this product, I've had to record myself maybe two million times. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's absolutely crazy watching myself on video. I could show you our test environment. It's literally like thousands of video of me saying like test one, two, three and <laughs> got comfortable with the idea of putting myself on video on social media. I can, I I think that's what helps us build a better product. Like I can really emphasize with an older gen, empath, empathize with an older generation that isn't necessarily video first comfortable putting their face on video. Cause I wasn't, mm-hmm. I really, and it took a lot for me to get over that. And it just took, literally like doing it and then you kind of like you said once you do it a couple of times you realize nobody really cares you're, yeah you're, like, it was, everyone's so in their own head about it and once you just start getting into a rhythm of publishing it's like i don't know the first couple of times though you're like ah yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> like overthinking everything and but it really doesn't matter yeah yeah great so i want to think of a few more use case scenarios for still for the professional services so in in, in accounting taxes, you talked about a partner putting out that message and having all the partners giving their ideas. Uh, for your real estate clients or the broker clients, what did you see them doing with that? That was a similar thing. That was basically humanizing the brokers, getting them to create more video content on behalf of the firm, talking about trends. The other use cases we have is basically pushing it out to your clients. So for testimonial type content, how, like tell us about what it was like to work with us. What did you love about your experience? What didn't you love? And actually using that for marketing content, and which is again really really tough to to do in the scale necessary to feed social media calendars. It's like how do you get people to go on video or and actually tell you about their experience, especially if it was positive. And there's really thought leadership testimonials. There's really no better marketing content for you really and um the the other use case we have is like more internally to create training materials to do sort of executive communications and basically like what's going on in the firm what to expect creating that type of content 
video first within an organization. Like this is not a marketing promotional thing, but we just want to be able to record a video, have each of the major departments tell us what's going on, create a video, push it to Slack, push it to Teams, push it to um, your out in an email or put it on like your SharePoint site and just do it quickly and easily. Yeah. So for the training videos part of it, is it still 30 seconds a clip? Um, we now... Now that we're a paid product, we can support higher, higher like So yeah, you've been with us since the beginning when you could only, I think it started with 15 seconds and everyone's like, this is not going to work. Yeah. So we bumped it up to 30 second responses. And now as a paid product, we support all, you can pick 30 seconds, 60 seconds, um, 90 or two minutes. And then we've had requests for up to five. So we're working on supporting that as well. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so scratch the question because I was wondering how you would put it a, tra- a training in a thirty-second video. I guess yeah, it's no, more like it, just highlight, like, oh, okay, this is what we did, blah blah blah, and like just that kind of thing, and then, but all the way to okay, wow, cool. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways to use it, and that's that's what I said has kind of been the overwhelming thing when we first made the transition. I, I took meetings with like literally anyone that would talk to me about it, and just trying to hear where where's the real the most underserved segment with the highest value creation right Mm -hmm. like who do we actually help the most it's like i think if you're going to start a business that's the best way to think about it like who can i help the most with this product and where we want to take the product assuming we're able to listen to feedback and improve it Mm -hmm. and uh, that's that's where we found it yeah is there a limit on how many people can respond to a video thread no so you can you know we've 50 to 100 responses, then you can kind of use them. You can use the individual response. You can combine them. You can cut segments out of it. We, uh, You get the transcripts. So you could just pull a quote. So if somebody rambled for five minutes, but they said one good thing, you can pull that one good thing out <laughs> and take a clip out of that. So, yeah. Okay. And then thinking now of like a wild use case scenario, for example, there was a time when CNN used to do something called iReport where individuals could take a um, um, a video clip of whatever thing was happening around them and then send in that clip directly to the thing. And so yeah. that's like a global scale. Is there maybe use case scenario, people in the media, for example, wanting to source content from different, plat- different individuals in different platforms, like they send out a clip, like send in your clips on this thing. Is that possibly yeah. a wild use case scenario? You can't, like, like I said, there's so many different ways to use the product, but yes, they can use it. Um, podcast, we like, because we've t- started with podcasters, yeah. right? And like, I love podcasters. They're the best people on earth yeah. to talk to, because, you know, you just have great conversations with them and everyone knows like a niche really well. And um, so when we looked to take it kind of into a business segment, podcast networks were a natural extension. So we've had podcasters and podcast networks kind of using it the way you're talking about. And um, so basically the networks use it to have hosts kind of cross-pollinate audiences. They'll put a prompt out, all the hosts respond, they create a clip, they share it on social and tag the different hosts. Mm. And then it gets a lot more organic lift because you've tagged like 10 hosts that have, you know, 10, 20,000 followers, and then they're all reposting it. So um, that's one way that's worked. But actually like to get like a, a, a news outlet to use it, that's it's a great use case. I think we could maybe I'll go call cold call a couple after this and see if <laughs> 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 yeah. 
seriously, especially with everything going on in the world, like what better way to kind of get the ground footage on the ground and just kind of put it out there and see what comes back to you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Great. <laughs> um, so I was thinking that's a question that came to mind and actually just escaped my mind there. Oh, so for those who are listening and they're like, okay, this sounds amazing. How do I get to try this? What is it I need to know? What yeah, you, you can go to our website and uh, probably the best thing to do would be to like request a demo and we'll we'll set you up, kind of walk you through everything, show you how it works. And then, um, yeah, see, hear about how you want to use it. See, because that's what we've seen. Like when we, you can just buy through the website right now and, and go get it. But I think it works better if like, especially for us, if we're having a conversation about where you're coming from, what your goals are, and we can actually kind of see strategize with you. Okay. Let's, let's try it out. Let's maybe do one that's internal first before you send it out to like all of your customers. And so you have a sense of what to expect Mm -hmm. and then uh, kind of get you guys going and feeling comfortable using this tool. And um, yeah, so you can go to the website, rateit.com, B-R-A-I-D-I-T.com. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Just send me a DM. That's where I'm most active. And um, we're happy to talk to anyone and everyone about this and loved hearing all the different ideas. We talked to somebody yesterday that was like, you need to auto dealerships need this. They need and it never even occurred to me, but wow. it was a great, great segment. And like you just said, like a news outlet. Yeah, they could definitely create some powerful content with this. And then, yeah. This, that's why I love talk. That's part of my downfall as an entrepreneur. Is I love talking to all, <laughs> all the customers, meeting the new people, and actually, like, it makes it more fun. You like get to know your users, creating, create real relationships with people, and that's that's kind of the fun part about business for me. Yeah, yeah cool. Uh, so for the content that was already on the social media app side of things, now transitioning into the business side of the app right now, like somebody like me who was on the other one and I had a ton of content there and followers as well. How does that integrate mm-hmm. with the new, with the new one? So it doesn't, um, if you want your content out, out of the social media app, just send us an email. We still have it so we can send you kind of everything if you want it back and, uh, kind of zip it up or put it on a drive to download. Okay. It's, it's a totally different product. Like it's a totally different path. Okay. I think we kept, um, the users, so if you had registered in the past, I mean, we had a pretty solid user base. And so if they want to like create a new account, they don't have to worry about creating a whole new user. You, I think you can actually sign in. You just get redirected to like a, like cr- like create a new paid plan yeah. experience, which maybe what happened to you this morning. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of how it works. So if if you do want the old videos, the old content, there was something that was really special to you. Like just, just shoot us a note and move. We, we love that product and we love doing it with everyone. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And then the follower. So it's, the, it's still showing a follower count thing. Um, most of the, I know it's not social media anymore, but most of the social media platforms are showing you the followers, the fans, the these, the that. Like, how does that show up on Bredo? Is that not a thing anymore? It's not as much of a thing. It's more about followers within your organization. So like, and that if... We'll, we'll have to take a look at what's going on in your account if it's showing your followers. <laughs> <But> <laughs> yeah, I haven't explored it. I signed up this morning and I'm like, oh, followers. Oh, yeah, I yeah, have I followers on the app. We kept the, um, we kept the users and like we didn't disrupt anything that had to do with users. Yeah. And the way like the um, off pattern is set up 
is like you have a user and then you can be a member of a lot of different organizations, right? And for like a, that's, we did that for agencies, like media agencies, marketing agencies. We've like had a lot of customers who like that. And then basically they set up a different organization for each of their clients and then they can switch between the different clients. And so to make that work, we just kept all of the user uh, data intact and then kind of added this kind of organizational layer on top of it. That's interesting. Um, okay. Tell me, tell me then. So if somebody out there, entrepreneurs, if you're listening, take note of this. If somebody out yeah. there is um, um, a media agency that now wants to serve the entrepreneurs in the space of of um, professional services, because most of them are not tech savvy. They're, I don't want to deal with us. It's tech. It's scary, blah, yeah. blah, blah. But there's an agency that could serve them in sourcing all of that content. How does that work? Yeah, that's we. That's kind of been a, a lot of our early adopters, especially the past two months, are exactly that. I mean, they register, they create an account, and then if they, it's kind of however they want to work with their client. So they can, if they want to set their client up as its own organization and then be a user within that organization, we can help them set that up. So like, or if they want to have a, the client be a member of their organization and then you can, uh, there's access controls over who has, can see what content. That's one way to do it. It really just depends on how you want to work with, we, we, we can set it up kind of any way. And that's part of why we like to do kind of a demo consultation when they, somebody comes on the site and mm-hmm. because they may, they probably don't even know that we can do that for them yeah. and, uh, are different ways we can set things up for them. So. If you have like an agency, you've got like four kind of huge, you know, consulting firm clients, you can set it up where each of them has their own sort of tenancy. And then you as a user can come in and pick which one you want to be working in. And then you're only seeing that content. You're only seeing that data. You're only seeing all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's some cool stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Entrepreneurs, if you're listening, there's, there is a lot of opportunities out there. Go out there, go use Braid. And go and start braiding. Uh, thank you so yep. much, Mike. Before we wrap up, please, anything you want to let our audience know how they can um, how they can connect with you. Of course, you said they could connect with you on LinkedIn. Um, if they wanted to try the app, they can go onto the braidit.com to go and yeah. sign up for a demo. Anything else I haven't asked you that you wanted to share today? No, that's it. I just, I mean, I just want to say thank you to you, to a lot, a lot of the people. Like, to get to where we are at now was a huge journey, and it it wouldn't have happened if like people like yourself didn't take a chance early on the social media app, didn't give us feedback during the social media app and say kind of like what, because you were the, you were literally one of the people. I remember the conversation we had in the app that was like, Hey, why don't you open this up and let anyone respond to this? And then, so that took us down a path. And then we start hearing from other people, different ways to use it. And it's just a huge thank you to everyone who's willing to kind of take a chance, give real product feedback, give real ideas, try something new, like see if it creates value from it and then be a customer. All of our early customers like can't say enough and thanking them for helping support us and just, just thank you. Yeah. That's it from my end. I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) And, and of course, thank you so much for your time today, guys, if you've heard anything we talked about today and you wanted to be a part of it, you wanted to figure out how to follow him how to go and test out the app. All the links are going to be in the show notes if you're listening to this on the podcast. If this is on YouTube, check on the description below. And until next time, we're going to see you in the next video. Bye now.
For more insightful conversations with entrepreneurs, check out this video right here. I think you'll love it. Continue to enjoy and I'll see you there.